This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We are discussing uh, one of Shlomo Melech's greatest works. It's a masterpiece. We have to really, people don't really pay attention. We have in front of us a very big masterpiece, a masterpiece of Musar ethics, of uh, worldly knowledge, a masterpiece of guidance uh, for, for all our youth. This is what he wrote it for, amazing um, masterpiece, um, Shomer HaMelech, we know King Solomon wrote three major works. Uh, Mishle, the book of parables, called the book of parables, which we're going to talk about today, Be'ezrat Hashem. The book of Shir Hashirin, the book of Song of Songs, which is a love story, love story between man and God. And he also wrote the book of Kohelet, Ecclesiastes in English, not a very good uh, word. Uh, Kohelet literally means gatherings of people. He gathered people together and spoke to the words of wisdom. We have to understand that King Solomon was not just a king. He was also one of the wisest people alive, both in Torah scholarship, science, and any, any subject, any subject under the sun. He knew the speech of animals, the birds. He knew all different kinds of magic and, and whatever it is, whatever kind of knowledge there was, King Solomon knew it, and he would give advice to people. This is the advice, the book of advice he wrote for us is the book of parables. It's very important for every single person to read at least once in their lifetime, if not more. Book of Bishlei, it's a very, very powerful book, which is a guide for life, especially our young people and older people. We all need guidance. Everyone needs guidance in different ages. We all need guidance, and the book of Mishlei, parables, gives us guidance. So we know that the book of Mishlei, parables, is one of the books of Tanakh, one of the 24 books of the Bible. And it's the second book in the series called the Ketuvim. The Ketuvim are the chronicles, the books of chronicles. And uh, it's the second in the work of book of chronicles. It's just after the book of Tehillim. In the Bible, there's a book of Tehillim. We know we talked about the Psalms, David King Solomon, King David Psalms. Straight after that is his son's book, the book of Mishlei. So two great kings, David and Solomon, two books, two famous books. We know all know about the book of Tehillim. It's all part of our prayers. And now we have another major work written by the son of, of David Melech. Uh, our greatest king, David Melech, the son Shlomo HaMelech, who surpassed him in his wisdom, surpassed David in wisdom, and writes down a book of wisdom. If I would have another name to the book of Mishlei, Proverbs, I would say it's the book of guidance and wisdom. Guidance and wisdom to life. And that's one of the, the famous books of the Torah. We should have to really, it's a, amazing, we should read it. I'm going to go through a bit of it today. Some of the most famous uh, sayings in the book of Mishlei. And the whole idea was to teach people Derech Eretz, which is uh, translated as Midot, good traits, good traits. Derech Eretz are good traits. Shlomo Melech is teaching us good traits. Bezrat Hashem, we should all learn good traits from the book of Mishlei, from the book of Proverbs. It's a fantastic work. I was going through it today. It's really amazing. We're going to talk a bit about it. And he teaches us uh, how to serve God, how to serve God in truth and purity and to search for justice and peace in this world and getting along with everyone. So let's go through this, uh, some of the parts of this book. And uh, the main part of the book is the famous sayings that he writes towards the end of the book. 
And the book ends with the most famous part of it, which we say every Friday night, which is Eshet Chayil. Eshet Chayil is the last lines, the last 22 lines of the book of Proverbs. Eshet Chayil, it's an acrostic, starting with Aleph and going through all the letters of the alphabet, right? From Aleph to Taf, from Aleph to Taf, the book that we're going to talk about, Eshet Chayil, we'll get there, not this week, next week, Eshet Chayil. We all say it on Friday nights, Kiddush praising the mother of the house, praising womanhood, praising his mother, Batsheva, praising his great-grandmother, Ruth, and all the great women of Israel, but also it's a deep parable as well. There's other underlying issues and topics included in the book in Eshet Chayot, which is the culmination of 22 chapters of Mishlei. So Mishlei is a long work, it's a big book, it has, it's divided into three parts, which we're going to discuss, and Bezran Hashem will go through it, but it's a beautiful ending that everyone knows the ending. Unfortunately, we don't know the beginning, so <laughs> the ending is very well known. We say it every week in our Kiddush, but the beginning, let's talk a bit about the beginning. So it's Mishlei, parables. So parables are vehicle used by the ancients to spread knowledge. Now, the trouble with parables is it, you can understand them on many different levels. A parable can be understood on a very different levels. We all know about Aesop's fables, the kinds of parables. Well, a lot of them are already from the Talmud. The Talmud already discussed a lot of these fables and, and parables. And Shlomo Melech was the master of parables. Wisdom was given over in a very different context in those days. That it was the deeper the parable, the smarter the person. And people love parables. They try to figure out what is this guy talking about. It was like a mind game. You know, they were playing games. So the speakers would enthrall their audience by throwing them these deep, deep parables. And the audience would delight to try and find out what is he really saying. That is trying to grasp the wisdom of the speaker. It wasn't just plain speech. But Shoma Melech does use a lot of plain speech right at the beginning of Mishlei. Beginning of Mishlei, he uses very plain speech. We'll talk about it, and the main part of this of the book is divided into ethics, musar, ethics, wisdom, different sayings. You know, you look it up on the internet, you can find sayings of King Solomon. The whole world is talking about the sayings of King Solomon. I found a list of 75 sayings of King Solomon. So it's all parts of the world. They're all interested to know. They, they know about Shlomo Melech. It's all over his wisdom. And unfortunately, we don't know enough about it. So let's just go into this topic of Mishlei. And uh, these books, uh, this book, Mishlei, is not in any form of order. There's no order in these parables. It seems to be higgledy-haggledy. These uh, parables are thrown in different places. And similarly, there's some disjointed verses. So when you read Mishlei, the first couple of chapters seem to be in a kind of order, the kind of ethics and, and guidance to life. But after that, they're sort of disjointed phrases of wisdom, disjointed parables. And that's why the book of Mishlei makes it so hard to learn. Why? Because each line can be a whole book. Each line is so deep, it can be translated and uh, you can have commentaries. We said the Vilna Gaon, one of the words, Vilna Gaon, the great Vilna Gaon, the genius of, of Jewish history, one of the geniuses of Jewish history, one of the books he chose to write a commentary on is the book of Mishlei. So he wrote a book of Mishlei. This is only God excited him. Um, it uh, interested his mind. He actually wrote a whole book on Mishlei, which is also a very important work, work of Mishlei. I talked about last week, uh, a condensed form of this work called Evan Shlema, 
which is a book of Musar written by the Vildagom based on the book of Mishlei. But Mishlei itself is a book of ethics and guidance for the young people. I'm going to go through a bit of it. And but there's a lot, a lot of parables as well. And that's why the Talmud in Masechet Shabbat has a whole discussion whether to include the book of Mishlei in the Bible or not. Is it some, a piece which is useful for people, for Jewish people? Is it part of Jewish Bible? Is it part of the Jewish uh, theology? And the answer, yes, it is included. So here we have it. But the parables made this book hard to understand at many different levels. So a lot of the rabbis were, you know, maybe uh, people are going to misunderstand. And uh, nevertheless, after discussion, it was included in the Bible, Baruch Hashem. And similarly, there was discussion about Kohenet. That's another topic. And uh, same thing about Shir Hashirim. They couldn't understand the works of Shlomo. Either they couldn't understand it or they were scared that the masses couldn't understand it. And therefore, the masses would misinterpret information and not understand the information. Therefore, maybe it's better not to include in the Bible. But Baruch Hashem, it was included in the Bible. We're going to see that at least the first few chapters are very easy to understand. They're good guidance, especially for our young people. But at any age, you can pick up some guidance uh, from the first few chapters. And so we said there's different parts of this book. The first part of the book is Mishlei, Shalomo ben David, Melech Yisrael. The Proverbs of Shlomo, the son of David, the king of Israel. That's how it starts off. The first line starts off. And the first nine chapters are basically advice. First nine chapters, advice for life. person wants to know how to run their lives. Read the first nine chapters of the book of Mishlei. Compulsory reading. This should be compulsory reading for all our Jewish kids in high school. Compulsory reading. This is a guide for life. Mishlei chapters one to nine, a guide for life. How to conduct one's life between man and God and between man and man. Very, very important. We're going to talk about. And his heading, I would say the heading would be, uh, listen, my friends, he says, and hear the words of the wise. Listen and listen and pay attention to the words of the wise. Listen to my words. I will guide you through your paths of life. That's basically what it is, a guidance to the path of life. The first book of guidance, uh, the Ramam wrote a guide to the perplexed. Uh, the uh, Ramosha Chaim Buzato writes the book, uh, The Path of the Just. The first path is the Torah, we know, and King Solomon's path of life. King Solomon wrote the book, the masterwork, Mishlei, a guide to life. The first nine chapters of Mishlei are a guide to life. Very, very important. Compulsory reading. You should all read it, go through it, digest it, read it again. It can be understood at many different levels. And that's the first, first part. Okay, that's the first part of Mishlei. Uh, that, uh, the second part of Mishlei uh, uh, has all the parables. So the second part of Mishlei, Mishlei chapters 10 to 22, instead of 22 chapters of Mishlei, chapters 10 to 22 are parables. And that is where Mishlei gets deeper and deeper and deeper, harder to understand what is this wise man telling us, because he's talking in parables and riddles. And we have to try and understand. As I mentioned, one of the parables it ends with is Esha Chayil, which we say every Friday night. Um, it seems to be very easily understood. It's, uh, we're going to talk a bit about it. Let's get into a bit of, of uh, Esha Chayil later on. So let's uh, recap the first part of the book of Mishlei, chapters 1 to 9, our advice. Advice for life for every single Jew out there. Read 
chapters 1 to 9 of the book of Proverbs in every single Bible. Get your Bible, get your Tanakh, um, and look for the book of Mishlei. It's the second book in the book of Chronicles. The first book we said is, is the book of Psalms, Tehillim. Straight after the book of Psalms, you got the book of Mishlei. Read it, the first nine chapters, at least the first nine chapters of Mishlei, because it's easygoing, seems to be easygoing at least. Um, it's not as deep as the next section, which is a work of parables from chapters 10 to 22. Okay. So a lot of these parables, by the way, became very, very famous. And we're going to talk about them as well. There's rubbish. Um, okay. So what are the topics in this book? So the first one is uh, dealing with what's in Hebrew, they call it pituyim. Pituyim are blandishments of the Yetzer Hara, the blandishments of the evil inclination. We all have an evil inclination. It's part of our psyche, the human psyche, the id, the ego, the superego. The id is the evil inclination. The Talmud said already thousands of years ago, we have, every human being has it. How do we know? The Torah starts with the words, Yitzer Hashem Elohim Adam. Hashem Elohim made man. He formed man. The word for forming man is Vav Yud Yud Sadiresh. It's very unusual. Why? It should be Bayitzer with one yud, it has two yuds. Why the two yuds? The commentaries tell us, Balaturim tells us, it has two yuds to symbolize God created man with Yetzer Hatov, a good inclination, but Yetzer and a bad inclination. So we are, our uh, consciousness has to mediate between being pulled in two directions. We're being pulled in two directions all the time. To make good decisions, bad decisions, we're pulled in both directions, but we are the arbiters between these two blandishments, the Yitzhak, which way shall I go? Shall I go in the good path, the bad path? Which way shall I go? I have free will, we all have free will, and, uh, and Shalom Barak advises us, don't follow the blandishments of the Yitzhak. Now, he doesn't say that exactly. He does use parables to... Uh, uh, to uh, he does talk about Yetzirah, he talks about the blandishments of evil and he describes it in different ways um, and a person shouldn't run after these blandishments um, desires and immorality and robbery and lust and all kinds of things and a wise person will keep away from all these things and a wise person will fear God and that's basically the first nine chapters and he talks about the importance of wisdom the importance of understanding and the importance of knowledge. So let's just try and define these terms. Wisdom is looking, is finding something new, thinking about new things, a eureka moment. That's a uh, wisdom. Wisdom is eureka moment. A person discovers something new, thinks about new ideas. That's that's uh, now to understand the idea is bina. Bina is to apply the idea to real life. How do you apply some theory to real life? So Hochma is theory, Bina is understanding, applying theory to life, and Dad is to know the difference between two different things. Dad is knowledge, knowledge is the knowledge to know the difference, like good and evil, to know the difference between two different things, to, to be able to recognize differences. So we have, uh, 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 we have uh, Hochma, which is the brains to learn theory, to find theory, to think of something new. Uh, Bina, which is to understand it, how to apply it to practical life, and Dad is to know the difference between two different things. So that's the advice Shlomo Menor says, improve in these areas, learn wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. 
and uh, teach other people and be a student of wisdom. Always be a student of wisdom. Hang around wise people, we're going to talk about. Um, okay, goes through that. And uh, a wise person emphasizes wisdom, emphasizes ethics, and tries to keep away from the blandishments of the Yitzhara. And basically is, uh, and then he talks about the importance of being industrious, working hard, and we're going to talk about that as well, the industriousness. One of his famous statements is, a lazy person, go and look at the ant. Look how hard the ant works. I think an ant can carry like 30 times its weight on its own back. And it works so hard and they save up. Uh, they're tremendous, <laughs> very thrifty. Ants are very thrifty. They're very industrious. They're very thrifty. They save up for a, a rainy day and long past their lifetime. It's amazing. Ants are industrious. Shlomo Benach says, lazy guy. He talks a lot of wisdom. He talks a lot of advice. Don't be lazy. Jews, don't be lazy. Work hard. And uh, working hard is a secret of wealth. Working hard is a secret of wealth. We're going to talk about that. His simple ideas, uh, great ideas for being industrious. That's something which we have to talk about today, especially. A lot of people are not so industrious. So the secret of success, one of the secrets of success is wisdom. Number two is understanding how to apply the wisdom. The difference between two different things, fear of God and industriousness. A person got to be work hard. Uh, an ingredient today which people don't think about, you know, in our internet society, you don't have to work so hard. I guess, I don't know. Uh, you can be a multimillionaire. Uh, yeah, I guess they do work hard on the computers and they do discover new things. Uh, Facebook, etc. cetera. Um, that's interesting. So um, they can make money without working too hard. You don't have to work too hard today. You have to apply yourself. You have to apply your mind. And one of the, so he says, it gives a good advice. Lazy guy, look at the ant. Let's learn from the ant. Simple things. A person can learn wisdom from every, everything and everywhere. So that's interesting. So Shlomo Medical would apply himself to learn wisdom from everything around him. Not just Torah, but everything around him. Even wisdom from an ant. We're going to talk about that. Um, you know, there's a beautiful Midrash. The Midrash says that King, King Solomon was sleeping one day. And he got a bite on his nose. And it's his royal nose. He wakes up in the morning, has this massive insect bite. And he's furious. You know, it ruined his looks for the day, at least for, I don't know how long it lasts. The insect bite was a bee bite. And he was furious. He started to talk any language, the Midrash says. So he sends out a message, which bee bit my nose? Come here immediately. And a little bee quivering came to the king. said, I'm sorry, your highness. I saw you sleeping. I want to give you a kiss on your nose, and I'm not very uh, proficient in how uh, things work, and I stung you, your nose, by mistake. <laughs> so that's a, a very nice story, but it has a beautiful ending. The story has a beautiful ending. It says the Queen of Sheba comes to King Solomon, and she tries to test his wisdom, and she brings different, one of the, one of the tests was she brought different bunches of flowers. Uh, uh, most of them were fake, but she had one bunch which was real. And she told the king, now, he's standing far away. There's no way he can... The fake ones look fantastic, like the ones they sell today at the store. Some of them really look, look uh, original. You won't be able to tell if you don't go close up and start smelling them, touching them. So he's over there. He's trying to think, how am I going to How am I gonna know? So just then, his, his, that bee that bit his nose comes by. He says, don't worry, king, I'm going to tell you. So bee goes by, and sure enough, it goes straight to the real flowers, and it's buzzing around the real flowers. And the guy's holding the flowers, trying to push the bee away. Sean says, that's the one. 
So wow, that was amazing. She said, wow, how did you know? They look so good. Oh, that was a, a beautiful story by Shlomo Melech. He learned from everything. He learned from bees. He learned from flowers. He learned. He knew because he learned. He was industrious. He learned wisdom. Hashem opened up his mind, but he studied. It wasn't just Hashem opened up the mind and poured the wisdom, downloaded the wisdom into his mind. He was very studious. He was very industrious and very inquisitive. Um, so very, very beautiful sayings I'm going to talk about. He talks about peace. He talks about being at peace with oneself. Shalva. I love that word. It's a beautiful word. Shalva is being at peace with oneself. There's shalom and there's shalva. Shalom is around you. There's peace around you. Israel will all be worthy of peace. Israel will have peace. It's something we pray for every day at the end of our prayers. I'll say shalom in Ramav. I'll say shalom aleinu. Hashem should give us peace. There's also shalva, which is the inner peace. We should all have shalva, which is inner peace. Uh, being at peace oneself, a person can go to sleep and just lie down and go to sleep because they have no worries. They have no enemies. They have no one who's jealous of them. They're not jealous of anyone else. That's the kind of peace a person should pray for, a person should ask for, a person should try and get and work towards. Um, a person should build his family. That's a kind of wisdom. Wisdom is building your own family, um, father, mother together, building their family with children, with righteous children. And we're going to talk about all these things in Mishlei. And uh, okay, let's go right into it now. So when the wisest of all people shares his wisdom, one would have expect his wisdom to have more than one layer of meaning. And though they can be understood in the simplest literal sense, they're also the key to much deeper wisdom. And that's what makes Mishlei much harder because it's a key to deeper wisdom. There's, it's a layer. We have to go through the layers to get to the deeper wisdom. But you can read it at face value. You can understand face value. We said the first nine chapters especially. And then you have to go deeper and try and understand what is he talking about. So the true meaning of the Proverbs are allegorical. They're Proverbs. We have to try and understand what he's talking about, plumb their depths. And uh, the last uh, 12 chapters especially we talked about. So Shlomo Melech praises Torah. He praises wisdom. He praises understanding right through the book. And there's another theme, which is fear of God. The person should have fear of God. The beginning of wisdom is fear of God. That is an amazing statement. Today you go to college and they don't teach you that wisdom is connected to built to fear of God. There's wisdom and there's fear of God. Shlomo Melech says, no, wisdom is connected to the fear of God. There's no true wisdom without fear of God. What does that mean? Because the person's got to know that who the creator is. If they don't know who their creator is, wisdom doesn't even start. Person doesn't know who their creator is, wisdom does not start because that's the ABC of wisdom. Person's got to recognize who gave them wisdom in the first place. And uh, we talked about the last 22 verses is the Eshachayu. And uh, so that's the constant theme is fear of God. Not merely because Shlomo himself was pious, demanded piety of others. He states very clearly right at the outset, which we're going to talk about, chapter one, on verse eight, he says, The beginning of wisdom is fear of God. Now we have to understand that. That's a very deep statement. Wisdom itself loses meaning without fear of God, a lesson that is all too clear. When we look around us at the intellectuals today, there's there's a total disconnect between wisdom. You know, it's interesting. I was talking about, uh, gave a class once on medical ethics. Um, Any idea when they feel the medical ethics started? And the answer is, it started after the Second World War. Why did medical ethics start after the Second World War? Because there were no laws to govern all these German scientists 
who were doing their terrible experiments on living people, on our Jewish population. They were doing ter terrible experiments, Mengele and all the others doing these experiments, terrible experiments, and there were no guidelines, there were no ethics guiding medicine at that time. So they have to pass, they had to pass laws backwards, retroactive back, uh, laws backwards to be able to judge these doctors who are doing these kinds of ter terrible medical, uh, and that's when medical ethics became part of medicine in colleges around the world. They made a whole section of the College of Teaching Medicine on medical ethics. Now, the only problem with teaching medical ethics is where do we learn medical ethics from? If there's no source in the Torah, if they don't have a Torah, they don't have anything, so they make up their own ethics. So ethics are being made up today. You know, there's a beautiful story, a parable of the, of the Maggid of Dubna, the Dubna Maggid. He gives this beautiful parable. He says uh, there was a guy who was looking, uh, who was walking through the countryside, and he sees all these big targets, you know, these target, the practice, target practices for arrows. And he's seeing in the middle of the target, He's seeing bullseyes. He's at 50 bullseyes in the middle of the target. And he's wondering, who is this great archer who can shoot all these arrows? And he asks people around him, who shot these arrows right in the bullseye? And they say, here, go to that farmhouse over there. And there's a guy over there. He's the master shot. So he goes to the farmhouse and there's an old man with a shaky hand. His hands are shaky. And he says, he asks the guy, tell me, who is this archer who shoots these bullseyes? The old man says, me. Because I see that your hands are shaking. How can you shoot bull's eyes? He said, first I shoot the arrows, and then I draw the target. So Dumna Bakit said, that's ethics today. Ethics today is where do I want to go? Now I'll rationalize a way to find a way to see it's allowed. So that's ethics today. That's the problem with ethics today. If ethics is not grounded in fear of God, then it's just man-made. It's a man-made ethic which can be changed overnight. And we've seen this today. It's all furor in America. Ethics are changing. Is there something allowed? Something not allowed? I'm going to go into it. But we see that it's man-made. So that's why it keeps on changing. If it's God-made and, and stuck in, it's, uh, it's engraved in, in a divine uh, text, then it's not something that can change. And that's the view of the Torah, is it gives us guidance for life, which is not changeable. It's anchored in God. And that's why he says wisdom, the, the beginning of wisdom is, and let's go straight to this book of Mishlei, the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. The Proverbs of Solomon, I'm in chapter one. If Mishle, if you have it in front of you, would help. If you don't, don't worry about it. The Proverbs of Shlomo, king, the, king of Israel, the son of David, in order to make known words of wisdom and discipline, to make words of understanding discernible, to accept wise discipline, righteousness, justice, and fairness, to provide simple people with cleverness, a youth with knowledge and design, that a wise one may hear and increase his learning, a discerning one may acquire strategies to understand parable, the words of the wise and the enigmas. So Shlomo Menach says this book is going to help a lot of different people. It's going to help the wise. It's going to help the simple. It's going to help the youth. It's going to help uh, to anyone who wants to increase their wisdom, anyone who understands strategies of life, a person who wants to understand parables, and uh, the fear of Hashem is where he says it. Chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of Hashem at the beginning of knowledge. Here, my child, the discipline of your father, is a very, very famous word, uh, line. Shema benim Musaravicha, hear my child, the discipline of your father, and do not forsake the teachings of your mother. They are adornment of grace to your head and a chain for your neck. In other words, 
if a person has the traditions in their family, don't disregard your traditions. You know, unfortunately, we're living at a time where there's a disconnect between generations because technology is changing so fast that, you know, the younger generation says, you know, my, my uh, old dad, my old ma, they're out of it. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're doing. And they look down upon the older generation. Now, we need this advice from King Solomon more than more now than ever before. But yes, there is, there should be a connect between the generations. A person should listen to the advice of their parents. Shema Beni Musar listen to the ethics of your father. Uh, don't go away from the teachings of your mother. Very beautiful statement. Uh, what do you tell a child? You tell the child, respect your parents, honor your parents. They know more than you. You know, one of the famous so people, I can't remember who it was, he says, you know, when I was, when I was young, I said, my father knows nothing. When I got to the age of 20, I said, my father knows something. When I got to the age of 30, I said, you know, my father's not bad. When I got to the age of 40, I started appreciating what my father knows. So that's the trouble with youth. So straight away, one of the first lines of Shlomo Melech's advice is, uh, my son, listen to the ethics of your father and the Torah of your mother. Listen to the advice of your mother. For look what he says, the adornment of grace on your head and a chain, a gold chain around your neck. Because you should know that their parents' advice is precious like jewelry. It's a precious thing. Uh, you know, uh, it's one of the things I learned from my cousin. I would see him go and ask his, fa- his father, Dad, what do you think? What do you think about this? What do you think about that? I mean, that is a connection between generations that we're losing today. How many people go to their parents and say, what do you think? What's your advice? What would you think about this? What do you think about that? Okay, so that's very important. That's number one, advice. Advice is listen to your parents. Number two, fear God. That's number two. Number three, don't be enticed by evil. If they say to you, come with us, let us try and uh, trip up an innocent person. Let's try and steal someone. You know, there's, there's all kinds of peer pressure in schools. We send our kids to school, you don't know what's going on in the schools. Hopefully there's good peer pressure over there. Sometimes bad peer pressure. Shafar says straight away, third advice, keep away from bad people. Keep away from bad peers. This is tremendously good advice to young people. They get into wrong circles, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's all kinds of bad things going on. So keep away. This is a very important advice here. This is a great work for our teenagers. It's a great person to be taught this at the age of 12. I wish I knew this when I was a teenager. I wish my school was a Jewish school, but they never taught us Mishle. Tragic. Uh, they should teach us Mishle. These are, these are prime texts to be taught in schools in, in uh, I say even end of elementary school, beginning of high school, they should be taught Mishle, the first nine chapters, every kitchen of So he says, if the people that seduce you do not be enticed, if they tell you, come with us, we will steal, we will rob, we will fill our houses with booty, come and be with us, we'll share the money. My child, do not walk on that way. Do not walk with them. Withhold your feet from their pathways. Their feet run to evil and they hasten to spill blood. Okay. Such are the ways of the despoilers. Wisdom sings out in the street. Just look around you. God's wisdom is everywhere. Look at the ants. Look at the insects. Look how they work. Look what they do. Look at the ecology. Look at the environment. Wisdom sings out in the streets. Look how nature works. It gives forth its voice in the squares. It cries out the head of noisy throngs at the entrance of the gates in the city and speaks in words. How long, simpletons, will you love folly? 
This is amazing because he's telling us to go out there and look and learn from things around us. There's so much wisdom you can see around you and learn how things, how the world works. And then he tells us that the wise people go out and learn from the fools that hate knowledge. Okay, so this, that's very important. Um, and eventually he says, people hate knowledge and they refuse to heed my words. Retribution is inevitable. Uh, if you seek it as if it were silver, if you seek it like you seek silver, if you search for it as it was hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of God. This is the first, I think the first page in the book of Islam, the path of the just. It talks about seeking wisdom and seeking understanding and seeking fear of God. What is fear of God? So it's not like something which uh, says, oh, fear of God, what does that mean? I, you know, well, fear of God, take it at face value. Just, I fear God. What does that mean? So a person doesn't even think about it. No, it's got to be, you got to look for it. You got to understand deeply what it means and try and apply it to one's life. It's something which you have to search for like hidden treasures. And then you will discover, he says, the knowledge of God. It's not something which comes to a person. Eureka, I know, I believe in God. No, it's not enough. But Ramam says a mitzvah to know God. And it's impossible to know God. It's a lifetime of effort and understanding to know God. Well, how do you know God? So we know God by learning Torah. We know God by seeing history, by seeing how God behaves in history. And as Moshe Rabbeinu prayed to see God's face, and God said, you can't see my face. No one can know God face to face. What does that mean? We can't know God to the nth degree. All we can see is God's back. What does that mean? We can see the effects of God in history. We can know God by the effects of God in history, our relationship with God in our lives, the relationship of God to the Jewish people, and our relationship to God to the world, and through the Torah, throughout history, we can know the back of God. That's but that we can only do if we understand and we try and understand and search deeper. So it's not, it's not easy to know God. If you seek it as silver, if you search for his hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of God and discover the knowledge of God. God grants wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. It's interesting because the first prayer we pray for every single day, three times a day, in the Shemona Esrei, the fourth paragraph, is the, the basic needs of a human being. We start with the fourth paragraph. And what is the fourth paragraph of the Shemona Esrei? We pray to God to give us wisdom. We pray to God for understanding. We pray to God for knowledge. God should open our brains. That's, you know, I pray to God every day. Please, God, open my brains. The Torah is very hard to understand. And we need God's help to understand. We need God's help to understand wisdom. What to do next? It's such an you know, just uh, think about investing. A person's an investor. What do you do in such an environment where, you know, people losing money left and right, the stock market's crazy. What do you do in invest? How do you invest? A person needs wisdom. We need God's guidance. So we pray to God, give us guidance, everything in life. Without God's guidance, we would be lost completely. But it's very important before a person takes a major decision in life to ask for God's guidance. Please, Hashem, give me guidance. I'm about to make a decision. Please make, help me make the right decision. We need knowledge. We need understanding. We have to understand there's a, a brecha. There's a stream of shefa, which is spiritual energies connecting us like an umbilical cord to the worlds above. And Hashem turns on or off the spigot. So there's a spigot. Hashem has that spigot. Please, Hashem, pour wisdom into me. That's what King Solomon asked for. That's the thing we talked about last week. He was a young boy, and God came to him and said, you can have whatever you want. What do you want? He says, give me wisdom. Turn on the spigot. 
that give me understanding to judge your people, Hashem. So Hashem, please, I think, I think the most important knowledge is the knowledge that all these keys are in God's hands. All we have to do is ask God to please undo, you know, undo the locks, turn on the spigots of uh, wisdom for us to make good decisions in life, good pathways in life for us, for our children, for our children's children. And that's something we pray for every morning in our morning prayers. We and our children, our children's children, should all know your name, Hashem. Please, Hashem, turn on the spigots of knowledge in their minds to know you and to know your Torah and know your wisdom and give us wisdom in life. Make the right decisions. Yeah, just imagine even the place a person lives. Make that right decision, you know. Uh, Pre-Holocaust, should we leave, should we not leave? Make that right decision and try and look at the future and get that knowledge to be able to read the future to, you know, if not to the nth degree, only God can do that, but at least one step in advance and try and figure out where should I be as a Jew? What should I be doing as a Jew? Where should I live as a Jew? How should I bring up my children? Which school to send them to? Et cetera, et cetera. Who should I marry? Et cetera, et cetera. All these are major questions in life and they lead to different pathways. Every major decision in life we have to know leads to a different pathway in life. I remember my father would always tell us, he said, when I moved to London, I, the first thing I looked for was the house next to the synagogue. So, God, can you imagine if we would live far away from the shul? That means we'd have to drive to Shul or Shabbat. And I don't know where I'd be today. Honestly, I would, not, I would not know where I'd be today. So these are major decisions. Who a person marries, where they live, how they bring up their children. These are major decisions we have a bearing not just on them and their children, but also for the future generations, which are pretty much beyond our control. But at least we can do whatever we can. So wisdom is something where a person got to look for, strive for. It sings out in the streets, he Solomon says. Wisdom sings out to us. We just have to open our minds and look, look for wisdom. Look how the birds behave. Look how the ants behave. Look at everything around us. Look how people behave and learn wisdom from how what's going on around us. If you seek it into the silver, search for the fear of God, search for knowledge of God. God grants wisdom. The spigots of wisdom in God's hands pray for wisdom. Is, is, uh, so the wisdom, the Torah, is a shield for those who walk in innocence. To safeguard the paths of justice, he protects the ways of his devout ones. So Torah is a shield. We have to understand that. Torah is a shield that gives advice, the good things to do and things to keep away from. The positives and the negatives of life are in the Torah. It tells us what to do. It's a guidance for life. The Torah will save you from perverse ideas, from evildoers, the purveyors of temptation, for in the end, he says, the just will prevail. Cleave to the Torah. Trust in God. It will bring you success. i got to read this line. Trust in God with all your heart. Don't rely on your own wisdom. He says, you know what? I'm, I'm smart. I can survive. I can do this. I can do that. He says, no, trust in God and don't rely on your own wisdom. In all your ways, know him. This is a very famous line. All your ways know him. This is a very important rule. The Ramah brings this down, one of the most important lines in the whole Torah. In all your ways know him. Try and find a path in everything you do to know God. In your business, in your livelihood, in your uh, whatever you do in the day, think of something, even when you eat, think of a way to know God through eating. What does that mean when I eat? I'm, I'm combusting the material to raise it to a high level by doing the tort with that energy. I'm taking the food energy and bringing it to a high level. I'm serving God with the food by staying well to serve God. 
uh, by sleep. When I sleep, sleep well to serve God in the morning when I wake up, so I'll be fresh to serve God. So in all one's ways, a person can serve God, a person can know God, fear Hashem and turn away from evil, it will be health to your body and to your bones. And then now he talks about wealth. Honor God with your wealth. Then your storehouse will be filled with plenty. The key to, to wealth is giving. When a person gives and honors God with his wealth, he gives others, Hashem pays him back. He gives him more. And the secret of wealth is giving. And your wine of your vats will burst forth. Imagine a person has so much wine, their vats are bursting. <laughs> it's a beautiful analogy for blessing. It's like David Abel says in Psalms, in Psalm 23, Kosir Abaya, my cup overflows. It's a sign of blessing when there's so much wine. The cup is overflowing with wine. That's what you do in Havdalah. In Havdalah on Shabbat, we pour a bit of wine on the plate, put out the fire. Why do you put, pour a bit of wine? To show that we're blessed. We have excess wine. We can use the wine to put out the fire. And God blessed us with excess. Baruch Hashem, a sign of blessing. So when a person gives and honors God with their wealth, then God pays them back and they'll be wealthy. My child, he says, he's talking to all of us. We're all Shlomo Melech's uh, uh, children. My child, he says, do not despise God's discipline. Hashem admonishes the one he loves. You know, the Quran says an amazing thing. If a person has bad dreams, it's a good sign. A person has good dreams, it's a bad sign. He says, Hashem does not show good dreams to a bad person. Does not show good dreams to a good person. Seems really... Uh, um, opposite. Uh, Hashem does not show good dreams to a good person. He only shows bad dreams to a good person. Why? He wants them to do Teshuvah. And he only shows good dreams to bad people so they'll never come back. They'll never do Teshuvah. Guy, guy like Putin doesn't like he's coming back anytime soon. I guess he has good dreams. So why does God show good dreams? He doesn't want him to come back. He doesn't want him to do Teshuvah. Hashem Yazolanu. That Hashem should always uh, give us uh, a reproof that we should do good all our lives. Hashem admonishes the one he loves. Like a father, he modifies the child. Praiseworthy is the person who has found wisdom, a person who can derive understanding from it. Its trade is better than the trade of silver. Its produce is better than fine gold. It is more precious than pearls. All your desires cannot compare to it. Look at this, what he's saying. This is something a person has to really think about and really understand in today's society the most precious he says the most precious commodity in life is wisdom it's not something which we take for granted because you know society does not really pay a lot of prestige to wisdom okay there's nobel prizes for people in certain fields but the main prestige is for the actors the actresses um, the, the ball players you know the, the big heroes of today are the ball players and the, i don't know the nfl and all these guys uh, they're the ones, you know, the role models for today, the uh, songwriters and the singers, uh, you know, the artists. They're the ones with the prestige. How much prestige is given to people with wisdom? So Shalom Merach is telling us, and it's, that's why it's so important to read this book, and a person will start putting wisdom at a different level. So wisdom is the key to everything. Wisdom is the key to everything. Its commerce is better than commerce of silver. Its produce is better than the produce of gold. It's more precious than pearls. All one's other desires cannot compare to wisdom. Length of days that is right, that is left wealth and honor. Its ways are ways of pleasantness. He's talking about learning Torah. Very, very famous verse. I want to read them to you in Hebrew. Long life is on its right side. 
this left hand is wealth and honor. It's ways, a ways of pleasantness. And all its paths of peace. It's a tree of life for those who hold on to it. And those who support it will be rewarded richly. So this is talking about wisdom, wisdom of Torah, wisdom, supporting the Torah. It's a tree of life. This is right at the beginning of the Bible that there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil and there's a tree of life in the middle of the garden, garden of Eden. What is this tree of life? Here we are. The secret of the tree of life is here in Mishlei. It's in chapter two, I'm sorry, chapter three, verse number 20, uh, 18. Secret of, of life is a tree of life. It's a tree of life for those who cling to it. So if you cling to the Torah, it's a tree of life. What does that mean? That means a Jew is clinging to this Torah, which is like something, it's an anchor in the sea of moral relativism today. We're living in a sea of moral relativism. One day this is right, one day it's wrong. The Torah gives us an anchor in life. It's the tree of life. You cling to the tree. It's like you're in a swirling current and you can grasp onto the roots of this tree. It will save you from the current. And that's what the Torah is like. The Torah is like this. The roots of the tree will save us from the swirling torrent around our society. The lost people are lost. They don't know what they're doing with their lives. The person's got to find purpose. The Torah gives us purpose. It gives us guidance. It's a balm to the soul. Hashem created the world with wisdom. And he holds up the world with understanding, uh, with his knowledge. The deeps were split. And uh, the depths are full of dew. So Hashem, we have to understand how Hashem the master designer. When you go out on a summer's day and you see all these beautiful trees and flowers, think about who designed all this, all the color, all the fragrance. Amazing. Think about it. So you're affected. All your senses are overpowered by nature. Hashem created nature. Hashem created all these beautiful things for us to enjoy. It's very important for a person to enjoy life. We have to enjoy life. And, and the Torah teaches us how to enjoy life and indulge without overindulging, without self-destruction. It's a secret of knowledge of how to get maximum pleasure for life people don't think about it like that how do you get maximum pleasure for life you need we need structure we need guidance the torah provides structure and guidance is putting wisdom on a pedestal and maybe that's why a lot of jews you know they're scientists doctors uh, wisdom is important for us wisdom is one of the fundamentals for jews everywhere based on this idea that strong man pushes wisdom pushes wisdom and through the ages We've been push wisdom, pushing wisdom, Jews push wisdom, push Torah study, push study. When you lie down, you will not fear. You will lie down and your sleep will be pleasant. You will not fear sudden terror nor holocaust of goodness. Nor the holocaust of the wicked when it comes. Hashem will be your security and he will guard your feet from entrapment. Do not withhold good from its rightful recipients when you have the power to do it. So when you have power, you're a judge. Uh, yeah, you're in a position of power. Do not withhold good from its rightful recipients. In words, don't pervert justice. Do not tell your neighbor, leave and come back tomorrow. I will give it to you later. When you have the money to pay back a loan, pay it straight away. Do not devise evil against your neighbor. In other words, person should not think evil thoughts, you know, how to trick people, how to harm people, how to rob from their neighbors. Do not quarrel with any person without cause. If he has done you no evil. Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. One who deviates is an abomination to Hashem. 
and his counsel is with the upright. Hashem blesses the righteous and he, uh, whatever to the wicked. Okay. The person is humble, he will find favor. The wise inherit honor and fools generate disgrace. Dear children, the father's discipline and be attentive to those not understanding. I've given you good teaching. Do not forsake my Torah. Now, David, David uh, Solomon is giving us a little bit of personal history. Listen to this beautiful personal history of Shlomo Melech. He says, I was a son to my father. I was a son to David, my father, a tender and only son before my mother. He was the only son probably that survived his mother. She had four or five children. He taught me and said to me, look what King David told his son. Let my words sustain your heart. Observe my commandments and live. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget and do not stray from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake the Torah, for it will guard you. Love it, and he will protect you. The beginning of wisdom is to acquire wisdom. Appreciate the value of wisdom. This is King David's advice to his son Shlomo. From your very, every, uh, every acquisition, acquire understanding. Caress it, it will uplift you. It will honor you when you embrace it. It will set adornment of grace upon your head. It will bestow a crown of splendor upon you. Here, my child, take my words. They will add years of life to your year, to you. I will instruct you in the ways of wisdom. I will lead you in courses of fairness. When you walk, your steps will not be constricted. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold fast the discipline. Do not let go. Guard you for it. Okay, here we come to the importance of discipline in life, structure and discipline in life. And again, the pedestal of wisdom and understanding. Do not come to the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the ways of evildoers. Reject it. Do not pass on it. The wicked cannot sleep if they do not if they do not do evil. Their sleep will be robbed if they do not cause others to stumble. Imagine all they think about all day is evil. If they cannot persuade people to do evil, they cannot sleep at night. Their bread is the bread of wickedness. They drink the wine of violence. The path of the righteous is like the glow of sunlight, going brighter until high noon. But the way of the wicked is like darkness. They know not upon what they stumble. So this is this chapter is interesting. It seems to be a personal chapter, chapter four in Mishlei. Seems to be a personal chapter. His father, King David, taught his son Shlomo, and Shlomo is passing down to us. So we get two generations of wisdom over here. We get a bit of wisdom from his father, we get a bit of wisdom from the son, and, uh, and he's talking to us as if we're his children. As Rabbi Shem will continue next week. I wish you all many blessings from Yushalayim and Kodesh. Shabbat Shalom, and please join me next week, same time. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.